All right. Hello, Fantasy Disc Golf fans, and welcome to Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Matthew Williams. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. And I'd like to officially welcome you to episode number 12 of Chill Disc Days. And on today's episode, we have a couple of very special guests uh, live from Germany. We have Manuel and Patrick from Heiserbase, the recently launched first fantasy disc golf app. Uh, how's your day going, guys? Going pretty well. It's a bit, uh, it's a bit later here. Obviously, it's like 4 p.m. right now, so half day is over already, but um, nothing unusual, I'd say. Yeah, it's going pretty well. Uh, pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, thanks, sir. Uh, thanks for hopping on. And where about uh, in Germany are you guys? Uh, we're both, um, Patrick is in Munich and I'm close by, uh, which is southern Germany. It's like close to like Austria, Switzerland. Well, I think, uh, before we got too much into Heiser Base and fantasy disc golf, I think, uh, in the news lately has been the pride of German disc golf, Simon Lazat, uh, making the switch to MVP. So, um, you know, you guys being from Germany, I just wanted to get your input, like kind of your reactions to Simon's switch and, and kind of what he's meant to uh, disc golf in Germany. Yeah, honestly, it's amazing. Uh, since he's German, I've been following him from, from pretty much the get go. Uh, so you, uh, are rooting for him pretty much all the time. And yeah, I think the MVP is really great move for both of them. Um, mainly because MVP gets some exposure, some new influences for Simon. Um, actually, when I started with disc golf, a lot of the, I mainly bought disc craft, uh, because always in Jomas, when you see Paul Macbeth throwing, they put in the disc they throw. So you get a feel for the disc, you know, um, and I'm looking forward to see Simon throw MVP and sort of see, okay, that MVP disc flies like that. Um, and get a bit better feel for the lineup they have because I feel like that's missing so far a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm also really excited for this move. Um, it's great to see that big deals are made in disc golf in general. Uh, we don't know all of the details, of course, but it's kind of comparable to Paul Steele. It's kind of comparable to Ricky Steele. Um, you know, it's, there's there's a lot of movement in in disc golf, really. It seems. Um, and of course, we are German. And so seeing that a German player can not only complete um, on the world stage, but also can back such a big deal is really cool. And I think it's going to give the German disc golf scene a bit more of a push than his performance already has in the past couple of years. Yeah, no, it'll be good to see. I was a little, as a Dismania fan, a little bummed to see the Crush Brothers split up. But uh, I mean, I honestly thought maybe with like a kid, his uh, playing career would kind of simmer down a little bit but like you said kind of 10-year deal similar to Paul so I mean it seems like he's gonna be like geared up to go full full competition again so um yeah no it'll be exciting to see um James Conrad have a uh, another big MPO name in the MVP team um but yeah uh, I you know wanted to get into a little bit of uh just to get to know you guys, um, how you guys know each other and how you guys got started into uh, disc golf. Yeah, should I yeah, start? Actually, we... <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, maybe the, the basics. Uh, I'm 26 years old. Um, like we said, I'm from Munich currently. 
and I work as a software engineer in a startup. Um, and yeah, I got into disc golf. Uh, I think it's one of the classics uh, during COVID. <laughs> Originally, the YouTube algorithm put me on the path of, hey, do you want to look at dramas? And then I was <laughs> pretty much hooked from there. Um, yeah, I started playing. Um, then, yeah, pretty much it went from there. I'm Manuel. I'm 27 years old. Um, as I said, also near live near Munich in southern Germany. I currently run a team of product managers and product designers at a small um, German company building business software. So not uh, not quite the same as Heiserbase. That's a very nice break. Um, we actually met each other during our information system studies in 2015. And then we kind of built a couple projects here and there every now and then. And this is actually also kind of how we uh, ended up um, launching Heiserbase. And for me, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, for me, I started playing disc golf because of Patrick. Uh, he actually took me along on a round once. And I thought, that's kind of interesting. But maybe, you know, like not something I'm going to do every week. <laughs> and then he sent me some Jomas links. And I watched a lot of them. <laughs> I bought a starter set, did some field training, went on the course again. And at some point I was hooked and now I have like a big bag as well. And um really, really, really excited about this golf. So Jomez is really uh is really what got just got you sucked into. It. I mean, that's kind of what got me sucked into it too, when you watch like the post-produced coverages. Jomez on... really does a great job. Yeah, I, I really think that's it. Just making it more making the sport more approachable. I, I would say that is probably the biggest the biggest thing you know like when you're getting started when you have maybe one disc or you have a starter set or a friend took you along on a round once you are probably not going to watch a four-hour youtube video completely unedited where like 70 percent of it is people walking around so yep. yeah for sure yeah no definitely as like you become more of a hardcore fan you like to see like the interactions between the holes and kind of like how the players prep for each hole but for sure when you're just getting started that jump as quick sucks you in um, so you guys went to, I'm, is it like a university in, that's how you guys met in your studies? Um, and then how did that uh, transition into fantasy? Were you guys into any other fantasy sports or? Um, yeah. So from there, I, so I've been playing fantasy. I would call it football, but I know for you guys, it's soccer. Um, for the German Bundesliga. Um, I've been playing that for five years. Um, and, it's been always really fun. And at some point, um, I was wondering why is, is there maybe a thing for disc golf or something? As I got more into the sport and whatnot, I followed the pros, you know, um, at some point, you know, a lot of them and yeah, just also connecting with your friends. Um, I thought it would be a great way to stay up to date, maybe trash talk each other a little bit. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I sort of got started uh, with fantasy soccer in Germany. I've never yeah, played. Fantasy, actually... Sorry, I've never played fantasy soccer. I'm just I'm uh, literally in interested how that works, but that's a conversation for another time. Go ahead. <laughs> actually, maybe we can. I think um, maybe at some point we can get into it when it comes to the, like more advanced mechanics that we have planned for for Heiser base. Oh, okay. Um, there is actually there are a couple of pointers that we're taking from fantasy soccer because it's a team sport, of course. So it's kind of inherently different. It's I would say it's very similar to fantasy football actually it's more similar to fantasy football um, than it is to fantasy disc golf or fantasy golf for that matter 
Um, so maybe we can we can get into one of one or one or two things there later. Yeah, no, um, I've only really done fantasy football, American football, um, basketball, which is kind of the big transition. How I got with sports ethos, they used to be hoop ball, um, and then started expanding into more sports. But um, yeah, super curious. Like uh, I actually haven't even played fantasy golf, so like re- making that connection between fantasy golf and disc golf, I think. Uh, will be interesting, but fantasy soccer. Yeah, I'm curious to see where you take some of the uh, connections from fantasy soccer to fantasy disc golf, and yeah, you guys just launched the the app a, a few days ago, and um, I just kind of see like the leagues, the tournaments. I'm curious how the scoring works for um, fantasy disc golf. Like in skip base, it's like a place finish. So, you know, you get a point for whatever place they finish. So uh, would you be down to provide a little insight on what the uh, scoring is going to be looking like for Heiser base this year? Of course. I mean, uh, we have to say or preface this with um, it's all pretty early. We have a rough draft now, but um, it's likely to change, I would say. But as of right now, we do scoring based on the score the players have. So birdie and above grants points while bogey and um that sort of thing uh subtracts points um so birdie would be plus two bogey would be minus one uh eagle would be plus five that sort of thing um we took a little bit of inspiration there from fantasy golf i think that's how they do it um but of course there are some things uh that we are considering, for example, I think it would be really fun to have like bogey-free rounds give you extra points or the hot round of the day. So the best score of the day gets extra points or OBs uh, give also some extra minus points. But yeah, that's how it works as of right now. Yeah, and, and one thing, one reason actually why we didn't just want to go with a pure place finish is that First of all, we believe it wouldn't be so engaging, essentially. If you, um, just look up UDISC, let's say you see the, you see the scoring and you immediately know, you know, which player got how many points in your, uh, in your fantasy league. Um, and also, as Patrick mentioned, there are so many, if with a kind of stroke based scoring, there's so many opportunities to kind of give you extra points, reduce points, like, Recovery, for example, sometimes people have a really terrible round and then they ace a hole. I feel like that should give you some extra points. Um, that's really cool. And that, that makes it all a bit more dynamic and not so predictable. You know, if Paul Macbeth wins every single round in disc golf and he wins every single round in fantasy disc golf, it's not quite as exciting as if someone who maybe finishes fifth, um, for a tournament actually gets more points than Paul because of you know, some, some, some differences in their scoring, not, not saying that that's going to happen, but it's just makes it a bit more interesting, I'd say. Yeah. Some external variables that you can control. Well, I know like in a ESPN fantasy football, they have a lot of that's kind of like on the league manager um, to kind of adjust, like, let's say points per reception, you know, you could do it either one, one and a half, two. Um, so like, is this is this pretty much set in stone kind of on your guys' end for this first year? And will there maybe will that maybe be like a league manager setting where you can maybe adjust some of the points on the birdies or bogeys or what have you in the future? 
That's actually a really great question and something we've been really thinking about a lot, not specifically this question, but this kind of type of question. Um, so we, we don't have like 15 years of, um, of fantasy experience. Um, both of us, Patrick mentioned that he's been playing fantasy soccer for like five years. And for me, Heiser base is actually the, the start into, into fantasy sports. So, um, Patrick approached me at some point and said, Hey, you know, do you think this is interesting? And then I started researching and really diving really, really deep into it, tried out so many different things, um, all different kinds of sports and so on. Um, what we realize is that most fantasy sports apps for other sports or like websites are extremely complicated. Like if you don't know what you're doing, it's just super confusing. So um, one of our primary goals is really to make it super approachable, to make it intuitive, to make it really, really easy. Um, so there aren't going to be as many, you know, settings and options and like, other things that you can put on top of other things and so on. It's going to be relatively clean for quite some time and we'll essentially try to find the best middle ground. So it's approachable enough for beginners, but still interesting for more experienced players. Um, but we're not going to be able to, you know, replace that Excel sheet that people have been perfecting over the last five years. <laughs> right. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but almost like, uh, I don't want to say more for like the casual fan, but like, Almost like, you know, um, yeah, maybe not like a hardcore fantasy disc golf fan, but like a casual disc golf fan, you can download the app. It's super easy to, you know, just you don't have to log in on your desktop and have different settings. Maybe just a more casual, easy experience. Get your friends. And oh, yeah, that's one thing I want to ask. So this is kind of you just do this with your friends. There's not like public leagues. Um, this is you have an invite code. You have a group of friends and, and that's what you're doing. It's not like public leagues yet as well. Um, not yet, at least. Um, right now, really, the plan is to strike a balance between what we can actually build in our free time. Uh, then also what, as Manuel said, um, sort of gets or makes the entry easy for fantasy disc golf. Um, so we are really focused on making few features, but get them right to start out with. And then mm -hmm. over the season, gather feedback and see what people really want and then might extend the functionality in the future. Yeah, but I mean, stuff like public leaks, we've heard a couple of times already and that opens up lots of opportunities. So um, really, we have a really, really long list of things that we might potentially do at some point <laughs> that we still need to kind of figure out how we want to implement it, whether we want to implement it because some of these things we're just probably never going to build. Um, just as said, to kind of figure out that balance between the super user who has like 15 Excel sheets and three different like websites that they go to and the person who says fantasy what. Um, so that's kind of the, the balance we're trying to strike. Yeah. No, that's nice. I, I like that you guys have a, a plan, like not spreading yourself too thin, kind of finding your your lane like i know when i was getting into disc golf you know there's a lot of avenues you go and i just knew like fantasy disc golf was the lane i wanted to stick into so yeah not spreading yourself too thin sticking to making sure like the big features are working seems like a good good uh game plan for this year and uh just kind of going back to the feature this will be a uh, just mpo is that correct do you guys have fpo in this year or is it not not yet but MPO? it's gonna be fpo we're currently working on that and we are quite confident that we can get it out there before the season starts officially. 
And how that's going to look is a little bit different from skip base, where I think you have it mixed. So you have some MPO spots and like one FPO spot, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, what we're going to do is uh, just MPO and FPO only leagues. So you really decide when you create a league, which do I want to do? And then go from there because there are like a few things that are seem or we haven't quite figured out yet. For example, scoring are there FPO only events, for example, the USW D3C or something. How would that work? The throw pink championship. Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. And scoring um, could be a bit uneven uh, depending on whether MPO or FPO gets more birdies or something like that. Um, with at least how we do scoring right now. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's coming uh, soon. FPO and MPO leaks. Nice. Yeah, I know that's um, something I struggled with in my uh, draft guide that, you know, shameless plug, I will have a drop in within the next couple of days. And uh, it was primarily just targeted towards skip base because like I said, I just learned about you guys recently, but with them integrating MPO and FPO, one of the things I try to do is try to find like a weight to kind of integrate you know, because like the FPO depth, mm-hmm. you know, it, you get an MPO guy who gets you in the 80s. How does that affect your roster if you have like an even balance of MPO and FPO people? So it might definitely make it easier to kind of rank if you have them separated, because that's one thing I was um, took a lot of work is trying to integrate those MPO FPO rankings if you have them in the mm-hmm. same league. So I think that definitely could be a nice feature to have them separate. So it sounds like you said this year. Is looking like it might get rolled out. Uh, pretty sure, sure yeah. before the season starts, yeah. Before the season starts, yeah. You'll be mm-hmm. able to um, also set up FPO leagues uh, before the first event. Yeah. Nice. And then just uh, going back to the points, so it'll be a little different in terms of like you want the most points in this fantasy league, kind of like other fantasy sports. You want the most points yeah. wins, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's um, your... In your private league, so it's, I mean, what we've seen so far is typically like three, two, six, seven players, but obviously it's like unlimited. You can, you can put a hundred people in your private league if you want to. And of course, if we provide public leagues, they can be much bigger, but it's just you collect, um, with your, the picks that you make for each event, uh, you collect points based on the player performance. And then those all get summed up. There's a rolling total. And at the end of the season, whoever has the most points is the winner of the league. Nice. Uh, that does spark. Where do you guys uh, get your data from? Is this like manual input that you're doing or are you guys working with the PDGA to get um, some data straight from them or what does that kind of process look like? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, we're currently trying to uh, contact the PDGA to figure something out there. Um, I know they have a the PDGA live scoring now, uh, which at least gives them live data also know that or i heard in your previous podcast that um skip base has a way to get those scores but it also isn't live yet mm-hmm. um yeah so obviously live would be amazing right so you can follow along on your phone you can see the scores update in real time that's the dream um, yeah that would be nice so that yeah having said that um we are contacting the pdga but if it comes down to it we also, we'll put in the work to uh, put it in manually, um, at least to get started. Yeah, we'll just sit there with our laptop. We'll just sit there with our laptop and like punch in the numbers as they fly in in the live stream. So if we have to do that, we'll we'll surely do that. 
Um, but yeah, of course, there are some providers like PDGA, of course, also UDISC, um, who could open up an API. So like our app can automatically pull this data from them. Um, if we can somehow get access to that, of course, that would be absolutely, absolutely amazing and really great for the sport also, because it just makes it so much more engaging if you, you know, see your score go up in, in real time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm sure it'll make life easier on you guys. And I know just from doing the draft got a lot of manual input. I'm just like, I hope all these numbers are right. I just double checked them, but, um, yeah, a lot of manual input. I'm sure it's never fun. Um, and just a selfish question on my end, going to this UDISC, uh, coming from fantasy basketball, I'm a big categories fan. Are you guys familiar with like category fantasy leagues at all? Um, and is that something you guys have considered for fantasy disc golf in the future? That's actually one of those things where I'm relatively confident we're not going to see it in Heiser Bay the next year or so. Okay. Um, I mean, let's see, let's see what happens, what future brings. Um, we're very, very open to feedback. We say it everywhere we go, um, that we're super excited about, um, new ideas and people suggesting things. So if we hear category leagues a lot, um, we'll definitely consider it. But yeah, as Patrick said before, we have a certain kind of, base feature sets and, and certain like more advanced features that we want to introduce and we want to get those really really right so it should feel absolutely amazing to use heiser base that's that's the idea and we don't want to make it too complicated in the beginning that's smart that's smart i just had to ask i'm a big category fan guy so i just had to ask but i i think your strategy is solid um i had some questions about kind of like the uh logistics of the league so like things like um, waivers and free agents. So I already set up uh, a league and I think I had like 120, uh, people. So I think I'm like looking at like a league of eight. We'll have like 10 people, like 15 or 15 rosters start 10. But I'm just curious throughout the year, um, are you going to be able to add more players to your team or is that roster pretty set? What is the uh, waiver kind of free agent process look like for Heiser Base this first year? That's a really good question about, especially about adding people. So that would currently be a bit of a pain. Um, because given that we do a snake draft, um, mm -hmm. so you have a snake draft. If you add someone later, they obviously didn't, didn't draft anyone, right? So you would actually need to redraft. Um, which would mean you have to do everything all over again. Um, so for like, let's say those bigger leagues with like a hundred people, either you can actually manage to get all of them together. They'll get a notification on their phone when it starts. And then, you know, you click through. Um, that totally works. Um, but for bigger leagues, of course, like something like public leagues would be a lot easier with, for example, a salary cap where, you know, you can also draft the same player multiple times because, mm -hmm. I mean, if you have 500 players, you can't draft six players each, you know, at some point it just, there aren't enough pros <laughs> that you can, that you can pick. Yeah. Um, but for, for, um, waiver, waiver wire, free agents, et cetera, um, that's nothing we're going to do very soon. Um, however, I think we can also, if you'd like to, we can talk about trading and so on. And this is what I um, mentioned with the fantasy soccer, where those, mm. those elements kind of come in. Um, Let's do it. Go into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe as a short preface, one thing that I've noticed between, but Patrick can say a lot more about this. Um, one difference I've noticed between fantasy soccer and fantasy golf you know, I'm just looking at those two very established, um, kind of different, different fantasy sports in golf. 
you are betting on individual people essentially right you say this guy is great and this guy is great um and in fantasy soccer you're really trying to build a team so you feel a lot like like a team manager essentially like the actual team managers of football clubs and i think especially trading and so on um those tactics they make it a lot more engaging because you feel like you're really like you're building your team and they have to kind of um symbiotically work together well you know and um so that's definitely something something we can do patrick you can maybe um share a little bit about our thoughts there when it comes to like trading and bidding and, and so on yeah definitely um trading is something uh within the league um i would absolutely love uh unfortunately it's uh when it comes to implementation um feasibility a bit more on the difficult side um but at least from what I've been playing, uh, the fantasy soccer, what I think is quite nice about it, it is that it's very ongoing. So how that works is you have a transfer market and all the players that are not in anyone's team are on a rotation randomly put on the market. And then you can bid on the players and everyone in the whole league can bid of them. And of course, the highest bid gets the player, which also means you have to have some kind of currency. Um, so the players would have some market value depending on how good they are. Paul McBeth probably being the most expensive one, for example. Um, and by having this sort of rotation-based market, you really have to check every day because it might be that Ricky is still on the market and you never know when he's coming uh, or when he's going to be on the market. So you need to check the app, uh, be on top of it. Um, and then with... One thing that's maybe a bit difficult there compared to soccer players is determining the market value of players. That's sort of inherent for soccer players. There is a real market. Um, but how would that work for disc golf players? Um, maybe I mean, something to, be, to do. Yeah. To be fair, we are, we are seeing, we just talked about in the beginning of the show. Um, there are some big deals rolling in. I can totally imagine that they're also going to be some smaller deals being made actually you know not the 10 million plus deals but for some up-and-coming players maybe and then yeah but that's that's definitely the valuation is very tricky because lots of disc golfers are still you know not making any money even though they're playing amazing disc golf yeah and then of course how you get currency would be for example through if you log into the app daily you get a small bonus currency um, at the end of a tournament, based on your team's performance, you could get some currency um, so that there's an influx so you can, at least over the season, buy some more players. And of course, the whole selling and buying players from other users, of course, is an aspect. Um, <laughs> as you might be able to tell, um, that's something I think would be quite fun um, and we're definitely thinking about. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Coming from uh, fantasy basketball, it it sounds kind of like the free agent budget system, like what I'm used to, but definitely different. So like in fantasy basketball, if anyone's on waivers, you basically put a bid in. So like they don't have a value. You just put a bid in and you have like a budget for the year. So if you want to, let's say you have a budget of 100, if you want to spend $50 of your budget on one of the top players out there, it's whoever has the highest bid and, and that's just your budget for the year. So like, that's what I'm used to where the players who are free agents don't have a predetermined value. It, they just, you just like let the market speak on 
who's willing to shell out the most. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm not familiar with fantasy soccer. So that's new to me in terms of like, we would never have Ricky on free agents. No one would ever drop <laughs> Ricky. So <laughs> that is new to me. Well, yeah, maybe some, you some... can, maybe you can trade Ricky versus Paul and you think that Paul is going to win or you can, you know, you can, you can sell Ricky and you can buy two, um, two maybe not so expensive players and maybe they actually end up winning you more points overall. You know, that's where it gets really interesting and where it becomes very complicated <laughs> and unpredictable. Oh, okay. So with the trading between players, they have the value and you're just kind of trying to match those values. It's just, uh, I'll have to look into that. It's new to me. Yeah, it's definitely a bit more complex, um, but something we, we're going to explore. Maybe get also some feedback on that um, because, yeah, it should be as we said now plenty of times should be approachable and if it's too much and too complicated the the whole thing then yeah we'll have to see what we're gonna do there okay but this first year so maybe for fantasy managers uh when you're doing like your league uh maybe just make sure you guys have like a lot of bench slots available perhaps so that you know you have a lot of players in your bench to rotate to make sure you have all the tournaments since you won't be able to add free agents i think i guess would be my takeaway from from that and then what does uh the alternate i talked a little bit like skip base on um alternates and uh, do not finishes so what um do you guys have an idea like what that will look like if you have a do not finish in the tournament what that will look like for scoring yeah you get the points um that the player got but if they like if they actually get injured um in in you know round three for example then again, we have this kind of team manager mindset. If you have a player on your team and he gets injured, then well, he's injured, you know, that's, that's very unfortunate. Um, but that is something you need to plan for. So, um, when talking about uh, injuries, we're also not for sure, not this year. Um, these are all things that we're considering for like next year, for example, next season. Um, there's also not going to be an IR spot, for example. Um, we are, mm -hmm. however, definitely thinking about situations in which a player for example announces in in march uh, or or announces in may or or june maybe for example they're not going to finish the season of course it's going to be very unfortunate if you you know you, you can't really you can't really do anything there but um as you already mentioned just allowing for a couple more bench slots um is going mm -hmm. to definitely make that a bit easier to stomach you you will essentially have one fewer players that you can put in your rotation um, but it's not really going to have um, such a big influence on your scores. I think about fantasy football, you know, all the times you have someone get hurt at the beginning of the game. You know, I already thought about earlier, I had a uh, Mike Williams came back from an injury and I had Josh Palmer on my team too. And I decided to start Mike Williams over Palmer and he twisted his ankle at the start and I got like zero points. So, you know, it's <laughs> nice to, it's nice to have options, but, um, yeah, sometimes you just, it sucks and that's part of fantasy. So sometimes you just got to live with those injuries, those do not finishes. Um, yeah. And it, it, to be fair, it also has to be part of your strategy because there are some people who came back from an injury, for example, and you feel like they're not quite recovered yet. And you kind of get that feeling that, you know, you really, you hope for the best. You're like, I hope they can, you know, finish the season. And then two tournaments later, they're like, nope, nope, not healed yet. So this is, it just adds another layer essentially where you can't kind of just say, whoops, uh, they're, they're injured. No problem. Um, but you actually have to consider that. 
And I mean, to be fair, uh, American football is a little bit more injury prone than uh, disc golf. It sure is. Um, play, played myself for five years. I uh, I certainly have seen a lot more injuries on the field there than uh, on the disc golf course. Oh, you've played you played football? Yeah, I played American football for like five years or so. Yeah, while back. Not, what what uh, position did you play? Uh, cornerback, cornerback and safety, but mostly cornerback. Oh, tough. Uh, that's the one of the, I didn't play football. I hear that's one of the toughest spots in the game. Well, if you're safety and you mess up, <laughs> it's pretty, you're not, you don't have a backup. Uh, that's pretty terrible, but it was, it was lots of fun. It was lots of fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, there's definitely less injuries, but like, I'm thinking like Gavin Rathbun, he's kind of one of my, like he, he announced a pretty full schedule this year, but I'm just like, it's that's one of those things like how high do you want to take them that injury risk that's yeah so. that just as i said it adds another layer of you know strategic thinking essentially mm. maybe it's an amazing player but maybe they're not going to finish the season what are you going to pick you know what are you going to do about it yeah that's things as fantasy managers you always have to consider in any sport is injury risk so i dig it um and uh i want to talk a little bit about the lineups like when does so you know you have your tournament starting when does the uh, lineups lock? How long do you have to kind of like set your lineup? Currently, we have it set uh, to lock 24 hours before the event starts. Um, I feel like that's um, yeah, at least some time you have. So you have to decide beforehand, of course. Then if within those 24 hours, some injury is announced, that's uh, a bit unfortunate, but uh, mm-hmm. part of the game. But um, yeah, it's 24 hours for now. Like, imagine you're you're putting your player on a plane and you say, "Go to this tournament," and then you know, <laughs> once they're in the air, there's not much you can do. That's right. I think 24 hours is plenty of time to get your lineup set, and then uh, just have to live with the results. And uh, all right, so let's uh, Heiser base. What does uh, so we talked about this year? We're keeping it simple. But I am curious. Uh, what are some of your guys' long-term goals for Heiser base? Where do you <laughs> see this eventually going? Yeah, so it's it's a bit of a continuation of this year. So, of, of course, this year our primary goal is to really make sure everything runs smoothly. There are no significant hiccups. You know, the Heiser base is new. Maybe there's a bug somewhere that we haven't seen. We're typically quite good with our quality assurance, but it can happen, and we're doing our best that it won't. <laughs> um, we want to learn a lot. We want to get a lot of feedback. We've already received lots of, uh, like a ton of positive feedback and lots of um, ideas and suggestions. It's amazing. Nice. Uh, so keep them coming. Um, for next year, we just want to improve some of the little things, some of the bigger things maybe that we figure out this season. So we can just run a more polished version, you know, from season start to season end. Um, make sure it's fun and intuitive and we'll really try to asset balance between noobs and super experienced fantasy pros you know so we're gonna be somewhere in between uh, we don't want to have five different versions of it um, so that's going to be also the, going going to be the goal for next year um, and for sure we also want to look into partnerships so like also for data for live data I'm not sure we're gonna figure it out next you know month or so so that's something that's kind of for you know um, the foreseeable future and um, we also want to explore some of the bigger ideas so like private tournaments for example how fun would it be if you had a local tournament and you could just start your own um, heiser base you know fantasy game for that specific tournament and you know you know the local players and you're like you know what i think 
I'd like to pick him and I'd like to pick him and then maybe you can win something small. Pick yourself. You know, we could facilitate that. Yeah. <laughs> pick yourself yeah, for sure. Yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah. Um, and also like trading. Um, these are things that we'd also like to prepare and, and just think a lot about because as I said, we want to make sure that we get the things right. Um, and then if we look really long term, like five or maybe even 10 years, 10 years, maybe a bit too long. It's, it's again, um, going to really focus on reducing the entry barriers, um, to fantasy disc golf. So we essentially want to make it as easy as just throwing a disc. Um, everyone remembers their first disc throw. I guess it was terrible, uh, but it was kind of fun. Um, and that's what hook does. And we want Heiserbase to be similar. We want, you know, a friend of yours tells you, have you tried out this fantasy disc golf app, Heiserbase? And then you download and it just, it's just fun. You know, you don't need to read like a 50 page booklet to get it. You just can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, it's just something we're super passionate about. Um, we love the disc golf community. It's a super tight community. Um, so apart from that, we don't really have any specific concrete like growth plans or whatever. We're just gonna go with the flow and I'm excited to see where it's going. No, I, I, I love it. I think that's a, a good game plan. Yeah, like you, like you said, not spread yourself too thin. And and I've downloaded it. It's been super smooth, and um, I am excited for it this year. And um, you just kind of sparked a question I had with the uh, schedule for this year. I know I think you guys have the um, elite series, majors, and silver series in there for this year. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, and then uh, so like down the road, you're like local tournaments, and then like maybe more of the uh, European events as well, getting in there. Will that be maybe um, something that league managers can tinker with to figure out their um, whatever kind of um, events they want to include in their schedule? Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, as as we said a couple of times before, we don't want to make any promises that we we might not keep, but that is definitely in the cards. I would say, yeah, just because obviously you you have to cover the big events, right? You have to cover the Ricky Wysockis of the world, and you know you want to watch Jomas, and you want to watch maybe live stream, see your live data. Um, but in order to reduce those entry barriers, um, to fantasy that I mentioned, I think it's really important to have like the Euro tour, um, even local tournaments, et cetera, because I think that is, that is also how you get in contact, um, into contact with disc golf in general. So it's probably also going to be how you come into contact with fantasy disc golf. You know, you just, um, go to a local tournament with a friend of yours and maybe you see an ad for Heiser base there, um, or somebody tells you about it. Um, so how cool would it be if you could directly use it? Yeah. Having said that though, this would require us to have some sort of, um, at least integration with some automated scores because manually bookkeeping the Euro tour as well and just private events wouldn't even be possible for us. So that's maybe something down the road, uh, when we figure out how we, how we're going to do scoring. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I think you guys are off to a good start. I mean, like uh, targeting, making it as simple and, and user-friendly as possible is great this first year. It'll be a lot of fun. And I didn't want to uh, let you guys out of here without a uh, sleeper pick. I got to know um, who you guys are looking <laughs> at, maybe towards like the uh, the back end of your draft as a sleeper pick for this year. I actually um, have two European players um, because I was... Super, not because we're German, but because I was super impressed with um, Niklas Antila's performance, for example. 
I've read a lot about how, you know, Finnish players are never going to make it big um, in the US. They're just, you know, training differently. They have different courses. They're shorter, etc. But, you know, seeing him play, he's probably not, you know, going to be your first pick. But I'm super excited about 23 and to just, you know, see how he's going to perform and how he's going to, uh, what tournament he's going to go to and, yeah, how that's going to go. And I also have an FPO pick. Um, uh, which is Evelina um, Salonen, who has had a bit of trouble putting last season. Um, but when you actually look at your statistics the years before, she actually had really solid stats, um, especially when putting. And I would say her game is super strong, except for maybe the putting, where it's it's a bit more, you know, there's a bit more potential. Um, and I'm pretty sure she worked on it. Um, I'm pretty sure she worked on her game overall. So I'm very excited to see, um, what the results are going to be like this, this season as well. I think she's bumping up, uh, her events played as well. I think she announced her schedule. I think she's getting around to like 12 elite series and majors, if I remember right. So that's a good sleeper pick if that, uh, total events played gets up too. Yeah. And, um, for me, I think. I'm not sure whether Bradley Williams still qualifies as a as a sleeper. I think he won the preserve, right? Um but he, he is yeah, he has also had some really solid finishes outside of that and um yeah, so that would be my pick. I really look forward to his season. And then for the FPO I would pick Maria Oliva. Um I really liked how she played last season and she also announced a pretty packed season schedule um yeah so those two would be my my sleeper picks nice i was a uh, like a little nervous about maria at first with her switch to thought space but like she joined infinite as well so i think she's gonna have that mixed bag so still be able mm-hmm. to throw the destroyers and um yeah i like her as a nice pick as well um i had shouted out oivind on my original one so this one uh, i'm gonna give ali smith She's from Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, she played four, I think, Elite Series last year, but she's bumping up quite a bit this year. I think it was around 15 Elite Series and Majors. Wow, so wow. my super pick for everyone is Allie Smith out of Kansas City. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I actually didn't know, like, I know Simon's from, um, obviously, the big name out of Germany. But, you know, I looked at UDISC, and they said Germany is actually, like, the sixth... Um, best disc golf country is there any uh other german disc golfers that we should be aware of i honestly don't know a ton um besides simon oh uh, definitely um shout out to lucas kreuzer um he's the guy i started playing with uh who also got me hooked uh within the sport and he's climbed the ratings a little bit he's now sitting at uh 963 rated um he's played at the german championships He's had some uh, thousand rated and above rounds. Um, so I'm really looking forward to his season. He's basically playing every tournament he can. Um, yeah, so I'm ex- excited to see what he does next season. Yeah, and the exciting thing about Lucas is actually that he's currently, as I said, he's currently sitting at 963 since December, but he started out with around 850 in 2020. And he's just been climbing and climbing and climbing and, and, you know, there are no signs of him stopping. So I'm pretty curious when he's going to break the thousand, um, average score. And, um, 
yeah, really looking forward to what that what that also means for him uh, in terms of maybe bigger events. Now, did he has he uh, made like the European Open or has he made that at all? No, I think he played the Tuni Tuni Tourney in uh, Finland. Um, okay. Yeah, that was probably the biggest event, maybe the German Championship uh, as well. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to tackle bigger things now this season. Nice. Well, I am excited to uh, keep an eye on him. Um, I think I think we've touched on um, kind of everything I was looking to go over. Is there anything you guys uh, that I might have missed or anything you guys want to do uh, touch on? No, I think we had a I mean, it was a great outline. We talked about lots of really interesting things, I think. Um, touched, touched lots of different topics. Um, maybe something, um, I want to say when it comes to contacting us. So you can find us on Instagram under Heiserbase, um, on Reddit, uh, where we post every now and then, where we also made the, the launch, um, announcement. And of course, in our app, Heiserbase, which you can get, um, on the Apple App Store or, um, the Google Play Store. And just check it frequently. We really typically update it multiple times per week. Um, you'll get a little notification. You can just press on update and you'll have a new app essentially. Um, and if you have any feedback, either just press the button in the app or write to us at contact at heiserbase.com. Nice. Dude, thank you guys so much for joining the show. It was great talking fantasy disc golf. I'm getting some uh, background on, on you guys with Heiserbase and I'm really excited to try it out this year. Yeah, dude, super pumped. Thank you guys so much for joining the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. That will do it for this episode of Chill Disc Days, a Sports Ethos presentation. Again, I am your host, Matthew Williams. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. Thank you so much for listening. And may all your bogeys become birdies. <laughs> <laughs>